0: Hi, this is the Mentoring Lab podcast, where we create a Work BFF mentoring movement, one episode at a time. Here are your hosts, Sarah and Kelly. Hello, Work BFF. Today we have our first
1: mentoring roundtable with Ms. Charnetta Sams as our guest. Charnetta is amazing. She has taken full advantage of this pandemic opportunity and launched her own company, Honey Bear Tactical. She launched this company with her fiance because they saw a need for the services that they had to offer. And we'll let her get into that in the interview. But what we wanted to talk about in this episode today is her experience in this endeavor and how imposter syndrome crept in. And more importantly, how she handled it and how she pushed through it.
0: Yes, Kelly, it was a really great discussion between the three of us and just learning more about Trinetta and this amazing endeavor that she has taken on the last eight months, especially given that she is still working a uh, full-time career. So just to give you some background on our work BFFs, each month we plan to have a Mentoring Roundtable episode where we're going to have a guest, maybe two, to help bring diverse dialogue to the podcast because it's really important not only as women but as mentors to hear different points of view and approaches that come from different experiences and unique perspectives. So without further ado, let's get to this amazing episode. I've had the pleasure of working with you for the last five or six years. I know Kelly's been working with you a hell of a lot longer than that. And we've really gotten to know the day job or your day career of Charnetta. But recently, it's come to my attention, Kelly's known for a while, but that you started your own adventure during this whole COVID situation as an entrepreneur. So I was curious if you could tell us a little bit about your business.
2: Absolutely. So my fiance and I started Honey Bear Tactical, and we're basically a firearms and consulting service focused on just educating people about firearms, firearm safety, and marksmanship. So really excited. We started in officially in July, where we actually um, made an LLC of our business, and it's just been going really great. So we didn't really get into it for, um, you know, you know, it's. We, we really love firearms. It's like something we do together. We're always at the range a couple of times a week. And so just looking around and seeing so many people who um, don't exactly know what they're doing. You know, Some people are coming into the firearms world for the first time. I mean, this has been the fastest growing market this year. I mean, I think there's like 3 million more firearms owners in the, the, in the country. Um, I do for a variety of reasons that we don't probably want to get into for politics and things like that, but <laughs> um, people are just a lot more interested in being able to protect themselves. So um, fastest growing market, black women are actually probably the biggest part of that. And so I just saw the need for um, someone to come in and have a voice in that market and really help people come along and, and learn how to use firearms safely. Cause I think that's the most critical part is like you buy a gun, it sits in a box and then it, God forbid you have to use it. You need to be able to be prepared to to use it properly and and know what you're doing with it. And so you make sure you don't have any accidents. And so that was what really excited me about the opportunity. And I said, let's do this for real. And so we are certified to teach the Maryland handgun qualification um, license permit, which is what you need to actually purchase a handgun in Maryland. We can teach the Maryland wear and carry, which is what I was talking about earlier, which allows you to actually physically carry around a gun um, on your person, and then also just basic training skills. We do personal lessons, and just have a good time. We also do just fun night at the range. If you and your friends or you know colleagues want to come out, then we bring out some of our firearms and let you shoot and teach you how to do it and just have some fun. So it's just been really exciting. Um, like I said, it's not really this whole we're going to make all this money and quit our day jobs kind of thing. It's just really something mm-hmm. we do on the weekends for fun, um, just to really give back to our community and really help people learn about farms.
1: That's awesome, Sarnata. So let me ask you, had you ever envisioned, you know, that you were going to start a business? Did you have a little poking feeling saying, I want to be an entrepreneur one day? How did, what was the motivation? How did this come about? Did you just wake up one day and say, Hey, I think I'm going to do this. Or did you have a a driving motivator that um, led you to open this business?
2: Oh, it's interesting you ask that question because I think I've always had the idea of being my own um, boss and it's just like a variety of different ideas, but it's such a scary endeavor. I mean, if you think about it, and I always um, laugh about the idea of like, well, you know, if I'm my own boss, then it's all on me. And who could I blame if anything was wrong? <laughs> right. So, yeah. so, And it's a lot of work, too. So it's like, you if someone's like, you got to be in a certain place in life to really feel like you can invest. And I felt like now was the time that I felt like I felt so passionately about something that I really thought I could make a go at it. And so that's kind of what led me to this and and i think really the biggest driver because before like you know i was like oh you know one day i was like oh i I could do a cupcake business i like making cupcakes i can do cupcakes but it's just like as soon as you think of something like the whole market's saturated like everybody and their brother starts doing the idea you came up with so it was like you know what i looked around and i was like nope there's not really a lot of women out here doing this and i think that um so for some women it's important to learn from other women because, you know, in and in especially in a male-dominated organization, like we know that from our day jobs, um, it, it can be intimidating for some women to really be themselves, speak out, ask the right questions, and really learn in an environment without getting mansplained to all day. So I thought, you know, what a great way for me to help empower other women by doing this. So if they see me, you know, co-founder of my, of my, of my own business, out here shooting and competitions, you know, really being a true advocate of our Second Amendment right, and actually practicing what I preach and learning and training and growing in my own skill set, then I will inspire tons of women to do the same. And then that way, I'm arming women to be able to protect themselves in any situation, any environment. And even if you never carry a gun or never, um, you know, pursue buying a gun, it's still a great Thing to kind of just feel the power behind using, you know, a, a, a you know, piece of engineered steel or polymer to, you know, control it. And it's just, there's power behind that. And I think it just gives people, especially women, this confidence boost. And it's just exciting to see a woman take her first shot and it's usually right on the X. And that's what's so amazing about it. Like women, we're natural, we have a natural ability to be better shooters than men. So it's super exciting to just give women that experience and that power. So, well, Charnetta, that explains why the very first time I went to the
1: shooting range with a boyfriend, I outshot him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. I'll never forget that experience because it was a whole group of us and they're like, damn, Katie, she outshot you. And I sure did.
2: <laughs> yep. It's super fun.
1: <laughs> well, I always thought it was, I, I believe I'm a one um, a one time wonder. I do things great. The first time, but the second time, I can't repeat my greatness always. But at the shooting range, like I said, I'm like, all right, we're done now. Let's go.
2: Uh-huh. Well, you know, it's <laughs> interesting because you're not so invested the first time. It's like it's a new experience. So if you suck, who cares? It's your first time. But the right. second time, it's like, oh my god, I got to do as good as I did last time, and we think <laughs> we think ourselves out of it. So it's all good. But it's it's just the look on on their face. Like I just recently had someone um, that we all work with. Um, and she came out and she had, she had shot before, but it had been many, many years and every single gun we handed her, she shot perfectly. It was like, oh my gosh, you are a natural. You have to keep doing this. Like, you're just really good at it.
0: That's awesome. So I'm curious, a few minutes ago, you mentioned about, um, the women, like starting our own business, um, the confidence or just working in, you know, in general, in a male dominant environment and what that's like. And so I'm curious was with speaking to all of that, and especially because I'll be honest, um, I'm a second right. Uh, second you know believer too in the second amendment and everything. but usually when I hear anything with gun ranges or guns and stuff, the first thing that does come to mind for me, even though I love to do it as well go to the shooting range is it's it's men. it's I just think men and guns men and guns, you know um let's go hunting let's do this, let's do that. so with just all of that and you and you just finding that it is a you know a male dominant industry. I'm curious, how has starting this with your fiance been for you as a woman, like specifically mentally? Did you go into this like 100% self-assured confidence? Your confidence level was at a 10. You're just like, yep, I fucking got this. Or was there you know, some self-doubt, some maybe, I don't know if I can do this. In other words, did you, did you struggle? Are you struggling with imposter syndrome at all during this whole time? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just being a woman in this
2: field, it's like, you know, I, I go to the gun range, and then if I go by myself, sp- especially, you know, men will come over and like try to help me. No good. I'm good. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so to me, it was about I didn't feel I knew enough, and I had to keep pushing myself to learn more. Because I felt like I just have to be the best at this. I have to know the most about this because they're going to question me. They're going to ask me questions to test my knowledge and see if I really know what I'm doing. And then as I started studying and learning and growing and talking to more people in the business, I was like, wait a minute. I know more than you do about this. Like, because I, I like, I'll talk to them in and they're like, oh yeah, you have a gun. I'm like, oh yeah, I have a nine millimeter. Okay. What kind? Oh, it's a nine millimeter. What, I? Like. <laughs> And so as I start probing and asking questions, I realized that there's a lot of men out here that are just kind of learning and growing in the field too. So it gave me more confidence to see that I wasn't alone in my level of knowledge. And that I actually was probably more superior in some cases in my level of knowledge. And that helps me all the time. But every day I, I, I second guess, I, I double check my facts. I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly studying. I really wish they had like, firearms training guides, because that's one thing I really struggle with is recognizing the different types of firearms, like what brand they are, what caliber, you know, I want to be able mm-hmm. to do that on site, because I think it's really cool. And something I admire about my fiance, he was just amazing with his gun knowledge. And so I want to be able to do that and provide that service to our customers, because he mostly does the consulting part of the business. So we actually help people pick out their first firearm. And so, and then also getting recommendations on accessories for the firearms. And that's mostly his side of the business. And I was like, I want to be able to be on that side too, especially when working with women who, you know, like, you know, like, for example, you go to the car dealership and, you know, they try to sell you on on, Mm -hmm. the vanity mirrors and (laughs) Mm -hmm. the cup holders, and they don't really talk to you about the true functionality of the car. So I want to be able to impart that kind of wisdom and let them know so they don't become victims at gun ranges or, or gun dealers. Where they buy a really bad firearm for themselves just because some man thinks that all women should shoot revolvers. And so um, it's this constant struggle to build on my knowledge in order to feel like I'm not the imposter in this male dominated world. You world know, it's, business. it's,
0: It's, I guess it's not surprising that you say that, like to continue to learn and build on your knowledge until the point you were just like, I know this, I know more than other people, because I know in conversations that Kelly and I have, for me personally, that is something I struggle with all the time. So I've worked in employee and organizational development, I don't know, for a good part of 15 years. And I still struggle when it's time to facilitate, when it's time to do training, I just recently learned, I mean, I've known for years, I've felt imposter syndrome, but in digging a little bit deeper into it, I have what they call performance anxiety. And I thought that was performance anxiety was tied to something completely different. Um, something more personal, just gonna, you know, throw that out there as a joke, but I didn't realize. Um, so when I go, I just have all this training and all this knowledge of learning, learning, learning. I just love to learn. and. I love to coach and mentor others and uh, specifically in career coaching, career guidance, counseling, et cetera, helping setting goals, what have you, changing careers. But I have all this freaking knowledge. And it was finally like two years ago where I was like, I've got to pull the, the... trigger, so to speak, (laughs) no pun intended. That was a joke. No, um, where I was just like, if I want to be a coach, let me take all this years of knowledge. Let me find a good program so I can get certified the right way. And it's, I always feel like I need a little extra training. I need a little extra training until it was finally the same thing with the podcast. But with performance anxiety, I didn't realize. So for this week, say this past week, I facilitated a class. uh, I was doing some uh, team training or really team coaching for an intact team. And I was writing out my scripts. I know this information frontwards and backwards. And I was spending all day writing out what I was going to say. I'm completely just, I struggle with it. I'm Overworking, I overcommit in, in in my preparation because I still feel inside like I'm not good enough. Someone's going to question me. They're going to ask me something I have no clue about. Mm-hmm. How am I going to respond? And and even preparing for this podcast, this is a brand new thing, and I'm still struggling. Like, even though I'm huge into mentoring, huge into having a work at BFF have for you know the last ten plus years, I'm still like have this little like monster inside saying. You can't do this. Why do you think you could do it? And even preparing to, with you, someone who I'm extremely comfortable with, I love working with and admire. I'm like writing out. I'm going to say this, then I'm going to say that. So just, I'm just, I can totally identify with that. And I, now that I realize there's a name under the imposter syndrome, the performance anxiety part, I'm really going to start trying harder to work on that and control that and really get to my why, as Kelly likes to say, she likes to ask that everyone, well, why, you know, to really dig deep, um, to find out why do I feel I have to write out a five page script? Mm -hmm. Why, what is, what's going on inside of me where I can't just like push through it? So I, I really identify with that. So what made you was it a particular conversation you had? Because I know you said when you were talking to um, a gentleman at the gun range about guns and it, like a light bulb kind of went off, like, wow, well, I know more about different types of guns. What pushed you to just finally go over and say the edge, like, yeah, I'm going to do this, where no longer you're like, I'm not, I don't need more training. I, I mean, obviously, you, you want to keep training and learning and growing about the industry. But when you was like, enough's enough, I'm going to do this.
2: I was actually being at the range and seeing another instructor, an instructor actually instructing a woman incorrectly. Oh, I mean, wow. in, a, in a way that she could potentially injure herself in, in the future when shooting. Um, he was he was showing her her grip was all incorrect. I mean, it was just really bad, and she could have you know really hurt herself if she kept shooting in that manner. And um, he was totally unwilling to listen to any advice that was being given to him about how to you know, help this woman really learn how to use the gun properly. And so I think for me, that was like, OK, that's enough. I'm, I'm ready to, to, to enter this into this world and truly help. And so but I, I still experience that every day. Like I, I walk past tons of women at the range. I don't hand them my business card knowing that I could actually. <laughs> You know, just walk up and say, hey, but I feel like who am I to tell this woman she needs to get training for me or And especially men, who am I to tell this inexperienced man that he needs training? So I still struggle with the imposter syndrome. It's like, you know, I have business cards, I have the website and I have the business and all that good stuff. But it's still a matter of putting myself out there every day when I'm at the range or I'm in an environment where I could, you know, I, I see somebody that could use help. And really put myself out there and saying, I can help you. I can be that person. And then even in, with every lesson, every class, like you said, like it's like the preparation, like, oh, my gosh, do I bring everything I need? Um, You know, what if they don't do well? Like, is that my fault? Like, how do I fix when I'm training? Am I doing it right? Oh my God, I forgot to explain this part. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I, I missed a step. And I should have said it this way. And I should have said it that way. And my fiance doesn't help because of course he's a man and, you know, <laughs> he, he every word I say. So it's like, when well, we're doing classes. I'm looking at him. Like, did I say it right? Did I you know, explain it the right way? And lately I've been like, yeah, I explained it the right way. Like, well, how would you say it? Oh, how is that different than what I said? It's not thank you very much. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So it's just, as I keep doing it, as I keep learning, as I keep growing, um, I think it'll just, it'll kind of, I don't think it'll ever go away. I think it'll just kind of just get easier and I'll, I'll be able to reset. I think that's probably the better way to say it. I can recover from it faster versus Mm -hmm. it comes on and you just say, nope, shake it off, move on versus kind of wallowing in it. Like I'm new to the whole Instagram thing. So I've been trying to increase my followers so I can increase our business followers. And I spend way too long on every post. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're talking 30 to 45 minutes for a little tiny Instagram post. I'm like, you know, what are my hashtags? What does the picture look like? What does the video look like? So it's just this constant thing. We're just going to have to, I know I'm going to have to deal Sounds with. Sounds like
0: performance anxiety
2: to me. Like, oh yeah. Oh my my God, God. When, I go, when I'm at
0: shooting matches, like I am
2: a crack shot. Like I am a pretty good shooter, mm-hmm. but at matches, I never win. I came in second in one match and I'm always like in the middle of the road. So I'm usually always the only woman shooting and I'm always in the middle of the road. And I'm like, I want to win. Like I want to beat them. And I know I have it in me, but I'm just not that fast yet. So I just have to keep practicing. But I also think I don't practice enough. Like I've seen people that do a lot more practicing than me, so it's like okay, well, I can I can explain that because if I practice more, I'd be better. Mm-hmm. And so that's like that's I own that. That's on me, but it still doesn't help when you're at the match. You're like, oh, I want to win. I want to win.
0: I I like <laughs> I like. Well, I love everything I just heard from you, but the last two things is just keep practicing. Mm-hmm. Like that's really important, right? You want to win. You want to show other people. um, especially, you know, maybe, you know, the males, Hey, especially for the industry you're talking about, that's extremely male dominated. Yes. Mm -hmm. So just keep practicing. Um, And you said something right before that too.
2: About resetting.
0: Resetting. So I think those are two really important things to do when it comes to just trying to overcome or, or deal with imposter syndrome. I know uh it's all a mindset, right? So our thoughts control our actions and then our actions are behavior. So the only thing we can control, sometimes we can't control our thoughts, they just naturally come to us um for better or for worse. You know, I try, I mean, I try my best to be positive all the time, but the negativity with imposter syndrome, but it's like, how can I react to it? It's just I keep telling myself, just fucking do it, put myself out there. People are going, it doesn't like I tell Kelly you could be, you could have the most perfect body in the world and people are still going to hate on you and find something to dig at. So I know for me, it's just like putting myself out there and just doing it. And sometimes I'll just go ahead and point out my, well, maybe my flaws up front and say, yeah, I'm not perfect. The sound isn't going to be good. I haven't really interviewed that many people, yada, 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 yada. So tell me something I don't already know about myself. And that helps me, you know, accept that, um, that feedback or that, or that hater or whatever, but I would I, challenge that though, Sarah, I would challenge that. Cause why do you care? Cause it's, I'm human. I
2: know, but you shouldn't have to care. Like, that's what we have to get to. There are so many, the men in this world, their confidence level is just like, hmm. like yeah. they can hear 85,000 negative comments about their performance. And still walk away thinking they did amazing. We hear 85,000 positive things and we hear one negative thing and we focus on that one negative thing. We are like laser focused, like, oh my gosh, this one person who isn't qualified to judge me at all, judge me. And oh my God, what am I going to do? They don't have that issue at all. And we've (laughs) got to work on that. That is something I think is so important for women. That's why I'm like, if you think you're being confident, you need to be confident. Because if you're being cocky, then you are right at the level of confidence that's probably comfortable for you. Because it's it's just crazy. Like it's just amazing to see. Like you know, men out there, like they'll do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like you know, it's just just mess, just fucking up, just basically fucking up, and they just walk away like, oh, you know, no big deal. But we're like, oh my gosh, that person looked at me funny. Oh, I must have messed up something. I'm gonna review everything I said and everything I did. <laughs> it's It's absolutely (laughs) exhausting. What are your thoughts, Kelly?
1: Well, I was going to say, I totally admire your courage in this endeavor. It is just such a huge deal to um, take that breath and just take that leap, jump out there and do it. Like I discovered, I can remember it was probably six, seven years ago when I first got introduced to podcasts and webinars, my instinct, everything in my physical being said, you got to do this. Right. But I wasn't a known expert. So I've spent the last six or seven years (laughs) taking every free online webinar, workshop, training, everything. That's why I have over a million spam emails in my Yahoo email (laughs) because I sign up for everything free but I'm like, I just need a little more knowledge. I just need to learn a little bit more. I'm not a publicly known expert, but like, you don't have to be a publicly known expert. Nope. You become an expert by getting out there and showing what you know, and demonstrating your knowledge and your expertise. And it's like, I know a handful of women that have already taken your training and they're like, yeah, they're referring Charnetta, you know, people to Sarnetta, to the honey bear tactical, because it's a good training class for people to get into. So I totally admire and applaud your courage for just jumping out there and doing that because it's not easy. And like I said, I've been wanting to do a podcast for six years And this imposter syndrome that I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. You know, who am I? I don't have everything done. So I've been taking all the training. But then in a conversation one day with Sarah, we're just like, we have common interests. We get Mm. along. We're on the same page. And we're like, you know what? We have something to offer the world. So let's just do this. We're just going to jump in there and we are just going to do it. And here we are. So kudos to you, my friend, because
2: you are charting the waters for other people to follow. Well, I have to say the same thing to both of you. I mean, you guys have been podcasting your, you know, for, for years. You didn't even really know it. You just weren't recording it. Right. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. You give great advice. I mean, you've inspired so many people that work with you. So it's just like now you're actually going to share it with everybody. And I think mm-hmm. that's amazing. So kudos to both of you oh, for finally you. taking that leap.
0: I think for me, Kelly really touched. Yes, it takes, it, it takes a tremendous amount of courage of what you're doing and I think vulnerability. And I think that's what I get stuck on is doing this is I'm being vulnerable. I'm just opening myself up. And I think no matter what we do personally or professionally, I think just having the courage to be vulnerable is extremely important and just trust yourself and I know I'm not trying. I'm always like, oh, the glass is half full and I'm always optimistic. And how can we fix this? Like I'm the fixer. Like, okay, let's, let me fix your problem. Right. That's why I do. I love mentoring or coaching because especially with coaching, I'm not really trying to fix the problem. I already know that the people know the answers within themselves. I just help draw it out. Right.
2: Right.
0: But I find myself not taking, like I talked to Kelly, I'm like, I'm not taking my own guidance or my own advice. It's easy for me yep. to tell other people, just do it. You've got the knowledge. You've got the experience. Like, Kelly, stop taking more classes. If you buy another planner, I'm not going to talk to you. I <laughs> you know what you need to do. She needs the intervention. She needs yes. it. <laughs> but it's like, it's so easy. Sometimes I find myself just being that mentor or that work BFF for other people, but I'm not giving myself the same care. And the same allowance um, to be vulnerable in that environment.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's scary. It's absolutely scary, which is why I have not started my next venture, which was to actually start doing like a YouTube channel where I would actually do instruction. That would be awesome. Okay. Yeah, but I'm I'm in the same boat you guys are in. I'm like, I'm afraid. I'm just like, I got one comment on one picture I posted and I've been going back to that one stinking comment that wasn't even right. (laughs) <laughs> but what he said was not even correct. and i'm still like but but he said something like what am i gonna do if people do that and then i see other youtubers in the comments they get and it's just downright mean so it's like you got to develop that tough skin and just be like ignore the haters and just keep pushing forward so that's what i need to do so these next two weeks when i'm off from leave i will be doing that i will be focused on trying to start my youtube channel so hold me accountable baby. hold me accountable, right, we will we will and oh, we uh, will
0: okay. So, can help yeah. you with
2: the Instagram too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So, you've given us a lot of good nuggets um, of how you just pushed through and you persevered and you're doing this. Per- oh, that was a tongue twister for me. Got through it. Um, do, is there anything else you'd like to share and how? You're slowly overcoming that imposter syndrome. Is there a secret sauce that helped you get this far, other than just do it? It's a mindset. It's just about resetting, putting yourself out there. Anything else? I think it's also just seeing kind of. I, I don't want to say the
2: competition because this industry is so broad, there's so wide, there's so much, mm-hmm. so much room for education. Um, but just kind of seeing what else people are doing. You know, looking at people that I would see that are in the same boat and looking at their ideas, and you know, saying. Oh well, you know I, I, that's not the best. I wouldn't have done it that way, and so you can kind of see where you can make the difference. So kind of, I, it's, it's I mean, to me, it's about doing the research, and then it also builds your confidence because you watch one video and you're like, "Wow, I could have done better than that." It's <laughs> like, "Wow, that was amazing. I would love to be able to do that." And so, to me, it really helps me level set and understand that. I'm not going to be the best, but I'm also not going to be the worst. And therefore, yes. I, I have more confidence to put myself out there.
0: I like um, that. But yeah,
2: you just be amazed what some people are doing. I mean, you really just start listening to others. <laughs> it's like, what? Why are you out here? But of course, I would never comment that. And that's the difference. Some people will comment that like, what are you doing? You should kill yourself. Like that's horrible. Oh, no. Yeah. it in your head and use it to help build your own confidence, I think is what's important for me. So that's one of one of my other tricks. It's really helping me build more confidence. It's just watching what's out there and seeing in my mind how I can compare or how I can make a difference in the way I present myself and, and what I do moving forward.
0: So on, on that, I think that's really good advice to say, to just go out there and see what other people are already doing in that industry and, and looking at some best practices, maybe some things you want to stay away from. So I'm curious because I've been going down the rabbit hole this past week, looking at other podcasters and similar and educational mentoring, sort to speak, career wise. And then I started reading articles, which was kind of a mistake because now I'm like, oh, some people tell you to do it this way. Some tell you to do it that way or I'm like oh no we need to be more like this or more like that and then sometimes I so it causes me to been to really then start to doubt and have ADD how are you able to like use that best practices or look at what other people do and just say okay kind of focus in and not be like oh I need to change t- entirely who I am or what my path is does that make sense uh-huh. No, it totally get you because that to me, it's another thing that's kind of held me back
2: a little bit. It's like, what am I bringing that's unique yes. to this environment? Because okay. to me, I don't want to be somebody else. I want to be me in this environment, bringing something new to the conversation. And so helping by watching everybody else and reading all the other things and the do's and the don'ts and all that good stuff helps me understand, okay, where do I think I fit in? Where's my unique voice in this conversation that actually to add value and not just be another youtuber or another podcaster like how am I going to be different and I think just by being me it will be different but then also my unique experiences and the research I've done I'm seeing I'm looking for the holes and mm-hmm. I want to be able to fill those holes in my own unique way that's great so and Charnetta,
1: on that note how would you apply that same thinking in your day job
2: oh huh that's interesting okay Flip we'll the switch back to day job. Uh, I do do that too. I mean, especially with having a new director and really trying to understand his voice and what he's trying to achieve for the laboratory. I think about me and my team and the skill set we bring. And then I say, what can we do differently to help achieve this new vision, this new goal, these new objectives? And so, um, I think I do do that in my day job a lot in trying to understand, you know, what can, what value do we bring to the organization? How do we make sure that it's seen and, and, you know, it's useful and it's good stuff. And then try to get that feedback on, okay, this is what I gave you. Do you like it, no, I can tweak it. Let me give it to you another way. And my team is amazing. They're awesome. Um, and they're just like, you know, they're hungry for it. Like, what do we, What? how do we do this? Like, how do we, how do we make a difference? How do we really help the lab move forward? So I think in that thinking, we're also trying to find our unique value and saying, you know, this is how we make a difference in what we do every day. Well, I think that you and your team
1: are incredibly awesome. And, um, oh, thank
2: you. We can and, 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 you know,
1: over the years, we have had that work BFF conversation, you mm-hmm. know, in different projects that we've worked
2: on or different scenarios that have occurred. Oh, absolutely. oh I tell people all the time. I was like, I'll come to Kelly with an idea. And next thing I know, I'm doing three times what I thought I was going to do <laughs> Oh my God. Like sometimes I I keep them back from you, Kelly, because I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do <laughs> Kelly level. <laughs> I just want to go in like entry level. And as soon as you can bring an idea to Kelly, it goes Kelly level. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I want to do that, but now I'm afraid because it's so much. <laughs> <laughs> she set the bar so high. She has some really good ideas. <laughs> To
1: my detriment, sometimes for sure, because <laughs> I um the ideas they just come, you know. You can do this, and you can do this, and oh, and we can do that. Yeah, um, and actually, you know we're not
2: sleeping because we're doing everything we said we were gonna do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, it's funny when
0: I first met Kelly and started working with her. She would come to me in my group and be like, "Oh, I have this idea, and we should do this, this, and this, and this." And I would just be like sometimes I'd be like, holy shit, like we can't do that in a month. Cause she's like, how long do you need what a week, two weeks, maybe a month. And I'm oh, like, I a year. I a year. <laughs> but what I like about it, right. I, I like to plan, but there's also a time where I'm like, just do it. And yeah. I, I do think in certain industries, especially we're in, there's so much planning and discussing. I'm like, my God, people, let's just move on and execute and tweak as we go. So I think the last couple of years, Kelly and I've really started gelling and find a happy medium. And now she'll come and be like, Well, I have this idea, blah, blah, blah. And she'll be like, How long do you think it might take to make it happen? Instead of saying, giving me an anxiety attack and being like, Hey, I think we can do it by the end of the month. And I'm like, Ah, like, no, that's just something like we've come together over the last couple of years and really just developed, I think, an open, an honest relationship, a kind of, you know, a work BFF, like, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Let's slow down a second. I do want to execute it. Let's take two months. It's going to take two months to make it a reality instead of one month, because she's always like, well, how can we get to yes? And I'm like, that yes is not going to happen in a month, girlfriend, <laughs> another month or two months, just, you know, To and then she's like, oh, I got it. I got it. So that's something I really appreciate about her. Um, she's like me. I, the ideas are just rolling, rolling, rolling. And I know when I come to my team, I'm like, hey, guys, I got an idea. I know I can just. They're like, oh. yes. They're like, oh, great. (laughs) I love
2: to hear about this other idea that you have while we're still working on the 15 other ideas you gave us last
0: (laughs) week. I think that's something like when Kelly, like, even though I was a bit overwhelmed with her like short deadlines or her aspirations to do stuff quickly, I was just like, wow, she's kind of my spirit animal with this idea generating machine because I'm the same (laughs) way. And and I used to joke and say, I should have went into like marketing or ad or, ads or something. But there's a difference between coming up with an idea and then actually putting like what the pen to paper, like you've done, Charnetta, like over, you know, since July, working really hard on your business. So that's, I mean, that's just kudos to you um, for doing that. And and you had an idea, you had a vision, um, and you're making it happen um, one day at a time. Yep. It's
1: so Charnetta. Um, to wrap up here, where can our listeners connect with you on social media or email for the Honey Bear Tactical?
2: So our website is honeybeartactical.com, all one word. And um on Instagram we're at honeybear tactical. And then my personal Instagram is gut punch barbie.
0: <laughs> I
1: love it. <laughs> it was oh so my funny god! because a
2: mutual friend of ours actually gave me that nickname because she's always Tracy, Miss Tracy always joking about how i'm you know really quick with the wit and she was like oh yeah there she is gut punch barbie because you know i used to be known for my high heels and stuff and haven't worn those in a while but uh <laughs> yeah so it stuck and i thought it was pretty cool for you know my gun persona so
0: i love that that is pretty cool and i can agree with that uh gut punch barbie right that's like <laughs> my little mini mic here my fake mic i'm dropping uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like that. The gut uh, punch Barbie. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I guess that does it for us for our first mentoring round table. That was a really great conversation. Is there anything else anyone would like to add any lasting moments? If we could each sum up maybe just some quick thoughts on mentoring advice for dealing with imposter syndrome, one or two key points. um, What would it be for me? I would just tell people to just, to just fucking do it pardon my language, but the feeling may never go away, but we can only control how we react to it, move forward and to trust yourself. So those would be my two little nuggets. And for me,
1: um, I'm going to use the great words of a dear friend of mine. And that is jump on two, you know, when you're getting ready to do something, they say, okay, go on three, one, two, by the time that one split second to Mm getting to three, you can change your mind. So just one, two, bam, boom, go, just go for it. Don't be afraid, jump out there and just do it. Take Take, take the risk, you know, because if you don't, you will look back, um, seven years later and be wondering why I didn't start doing this seven years ago. So anyway, so my advice is, um, like I said, in the good words of a dear friend of mine, jump on two.
2: I love both of those. I would say, I think it's just don't focus on the negative, just keep it positive. You know, you're going to have people that are going to say things. People are going to discourage you and people that are going to question you and, 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 you know, try to eat at your confidence and just ignore Mm-hmm. You just got to ignore it and just keep it moving. I mean, if there's something constructive to be learned, sure, take it and run. But for the most part, it's probably not. They're probably just being a hater. And we just need to take <laughs> it for that and keep it moving. As a matter of fact, I think Kat Williams is the one who said it. Like, if you don't have, a, you know, this many haters, you need to get more. because <laughs> I love exactly. it. You, you need a certain number of haters in your life to keep you, to keep you moving, keep you motivated. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Indeed. what we need to do.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Charnetta. This was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for taking the time out. And- totally my pleasure. Thank you guys for having right. me. Totally Thank excited you. to be part of this. All right. Have a great day, everybody. All righty. Bye-bye.